everyone. Welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Boship, and I'm here with Computer World Managing Editor for Features, Val Potter, as well as Computer World Contributing Editor, Preston Gralla. And we are live on Computer World's LinkedIn, as well as on YouTube. So if you have any questions or comments while we're discussing about Windows 11, which is the topic for today, please do let us know in the comments and we'll do our best to respond while we're actually live and get you those answers. So the topic of the day, Windows 11, it's been about two weeks, actually exactly two weeks since Microsoft announced that the newest iteration of Windows was going to be released this holiday, possibly the end of the year. So what we want to focus on today is what it really means for the enterprise. So it's kind of broad, but I feel like we can start there. Preston, let's go over Windows 11, What what's new and what some of these new features mean for the enterprise. Yeah, the... Um there's not a lot new here. If you look at the interface anyway, the interface is gonna be a centered start menu. There'll be a little bit better control about uh, individual windows on the screen. And you know, I don't think that particularly affects enterprises. Uh, the thing that ultimately might affect enterprises, there's some integrations with team. Although at this point, the integration oddly enough is for personal use rather than business use. And then the final thing that's new, which does have some implications for the enterprise, is security. Um, we'll get into this in a little bit more detail in a bit, but, but the short, short version here is that it, um, it requires hardware that has a security standard called TPM 2.0. It requires a chipset that um, also probably has some security aspects to it. It's also 64-bit only. So those are the main things that are new. I mean, apart from that, really for enterprises, the issues are going to be not what's new, but how do you, is it ready for, are you ready for it? And how and when should you switch to it? Um, before we get in that though, uh, Val, I, I thought I'd ask you a question here, which is that I know you have some details about, you know, when is uh, Windows 10 going to be out of service? Um, you know, just how, how does that work? How long do enterprises have to move to 11 before they have to give up 10? Quite a while is, is the simple answer to that. Um, there's, there's really no rush um, to, to upgrade. And in the first place, even though um, Windows 11, they are targeting um, holiday season 2021 um, for, for Windows 11 rolling out, it actually well, that's only going to be on new PCs. Um, you can't even upgrade an existing Windows 10 PC other than through a preview program um, until 2022 anyway. So that there's just a little time built into that right there. Um, but also um, Windows 10 support doesn't end until October 2025. So you know, that's years and years away. And Windows 10 itself is going to continue to receive updates um, until until that the end of its its support cycle, and also knowing Microsoft, um, they'll have some kind of extended support program beyond 2025 if enough people are if enough businesses in particular are still using Windows 10 at that point. And judging by how many companies are still using Windows 7 at this point, <laughs> many 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 years after Windows 10 was initially released, uh, I, I just I. I think that uh, October 2025 date is is um, not as hard as it might seem. Even you know, as far off as it is, I I think even there's a, a good possibility that you you may have to pay extra for it. But uh, there will be a a way to to keep using Windows 10 even beyond 
that 2025 date. So the short answer is there's just there's just really no rush uh, for for no cause for alarm for <laughs> for uh, enterprises to go out and try to upgrade today. Um, that said, they should it's it's never too soon to start testing and and uh, uh, just seeing seeing what it might mean for them. And as you said, Preston, I don't think it in in, the, in terms of interface, it's gonna really mean that much. Um, uh, it will bring some increased security though. So in case yeah, you wanna you know, talk about that. Yeah, well, yeah. in a minute, I want to talk a little more about the interface to show just how little there is. If you look at the, um, the press and marketing materials from Microsoft about the new operating system, usually they're pretty good at, at highlighting specifics that will help people use their computer more effectively and will help enterprises deliver value more effectively and, and, right. and work more efficiently. And yet, if you look at the rollout materials in this one, they were resorting to things like saying, it's fresh, clean, <laughs> beautiful. It will bring you a sense of calm and ease. Sort of like, <laughs> you know, Steve Jobs, but without Steve Jobs, which kind of doesn't work. So, um, you know, it really is, um, I, I'm a little baffled by why why they're doing it now. Now, Val, you talked about security, and that's probably one of the reasons. It's very confusing exactly what the security implications are. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it requires a, a TPN 2.0 capabilities in your, on your computer and your chipset. Very confusing as to which computers have it, which don't, because some computers that have it actually don't have it turned on. So if you're an enterprise, it's kind of nightmarish to figure out what to do with your hardware because you can have actually thousands of PCs that can handle it because they have TPM 2.0 built into the hardware, but it's not enabled in the firmware. And it's so confusing that Microsoft released a, a compatibility checker, download this piece of software, it'll tell you whether your hardware is compatible. Well, it reported all these computers couldn't run Windows 11, even though they could if the owners of them simply did a few tweaks. Um, so, you know, Microsoft appears to be releasing it for security reasons, but yet it's such a confused mess that it's really hard to know, first of all, how are you going to get that security? But secondly, even more importantly, is you know I haven't yet seen um, specifically how it is going to offer more security. It says it will help against um, you know stealing credentials, a hardware way to steal for to prevent stealing credentials and that kind of thing. I have to admit I have not done the research yet, and uh, it's easy to just say that's why they're doing it. But I'm going to have to spend some more time looking into it to see whether that's truth. It. it brings up something baffling to me is I'm not really sure why Microsoft did it, but I think I'm not alone in that. And I'm hoping in the next few months, we'll find out more. Sure. We actually have in a similar vein, a great uh, viewer question on LinkedIn. And again, just a reminder to anyone watching, if you have any questions about Windows 11, please do leave them in the comments, either on the Computer World LinkedIn or on the IDG Tech Talk YouTube channel. We're live both places. So this is a great question um, about you know compatibility. And this viewer is asking, why did Microsoft decide not to support older gen processors and then saying that they don't want to discard their $2,000 gaming laptop just for Windows 11. Yeah, well, that's really understandable. <laughs> if, you, totally. if you've spent $2,000 on a laptop, uh, 
uh, I, you know, my advice would be keep using the laptop and forget about Windows 11. Uh, <laughs> and it brings up an interesting point because, you know, in the earlier days of technology, this was fairly common. What would happen is hardware and software kind of leapfrogged each other. What would happen is there would be a version of Windows out and you'd have hardware that would run it. And then what would happen, people would come up against the capabilities of hardware and Microsoft mm -hmm. would release a new version of Windows and you had to upgrade to get to that, but people kind of accepted that that was the way of life in technology, this constant upgrade between hardware and software, one forcing the other, one, cha one chasing the other. And that really stopped with Windows 10. I mean, Windows 10 came around and actually each iteration of Windows 10 ran better, in fact, on an existing hardware. Um, it, they, it tended to be more effective and more efficient. This is the first version of Windows in a long time that I can remember that really is gonna require new hardware. And, and um, so I, I'm as confused as Val and I'm as confused as the viewer as to why they're requiring the hardware. Again, the, the reasoning appears to be for security reasons, but um, if that's the case, I'm a little surprised that Microsoft doesn't say that's the centerpiece of this operating system. You know, instead of just sort of it's fresh, it's clean, it'll help with security. You could use Teams if you want to use it for personal reasons. It seems to me that if I were them and it was really all about security, I'd do the hard sell and, and say, the world is a dangerous place. You don't want to be victimized by Windows 11, but maybe they'll do that eventually, I don't know. Sure. So on the topic of um, security and the hardware requirements, I would imagine that if you're in IT, you're probably looking at a lot of your employees' devices and saying, okay, this percentage of them, X amount of them, can't even support Windows 11 or wouldn't even be able to upgrade to Windows 11. Because I know that uh, the hardware requirements are pretty specific and devices that aren't even that old uh, aren't included. So I guess what what are some things that IT should be doing now to prepare for Windows 11? Because it still seems like a necessary upgrade is still a ways away if Windows 10 support lasts until 2025. Well, most, I think most businesses or large, large enterprises anyway, are on some kind of a, a PC servicing schedule where, um, you know, they, they buy a fleet of laptops and they get X number of years out of them and then they trade them back in and get a whole fresh crop. So if that's the setup you have, you, then there's really not any cause for alarm at all, because by the time um, you're going to get forced off of Windows 10, um, and, and again, I'm not sure you even really will get forced off in, in 2025, um, you'll, you'll be ready for your, your next round of, of uh, laptop refreshes anyway. So it seems to me you can, you can uh, just, and, and again, most, most, uh, most companies will have that staggered, so it's not they're not replacing their entire entire fleet at the same time. They, you know, every year there's right. a, a, a subset of their employees who are getting fresh hardware. So when that happens, just make sure you know your fresh hardware is capable of running Windows 11, and you can upgrade your users a little bit at a time that way. It just seems like a that's already built into I think it should be to any uh, servicing plan you have. So I think there's really nothing to worry about in that sense. Yeah, I think, I think Val's right. And, um, you know, as for what can IT do today, it's just, you know, get some machines and, and get in the insider program and start, 
using it and pounding it and trying it and seeing what it's like. And then, um, you know, even before official deployment, you might want to have a small deployment, maybe even a small departmental deployment at some point, even, you know, before the full cycle hits. And, um, you know, if it were me and if I were really scared of, and if I was doing it to go to 11 only for security, I'd probably hire an outside pen testing team and get them to try to break into these devices and just kind of try a little bit of real world testing on it once it's shipping on me and see, is it really that much more secure? Um, I don't think we really know until they're shipped and they're live. And so that's why if, if I was in IT and I had the money, which we know isn't always the case, that's probably what I would do at first is actually hire people from the outside to try to break in to these very specific machines and see you know, what kind of defense does TPM 2.0 and 64-bit hardware and all that stuff uh, supply you with. Sure. And one so, other aspect would be to, of, te of that testing period would be just to see if you're if you have any legacy apps and can they run on Windows 11? And uh, if not, you, you need a plan in place to, to phase them out or, or upgrade them or tweak them or whatever it is to, to uh, make it work. Maybe you need to, or invest in virtualization or, you know, just some kind of either either uh, phase the apps out or figure out what kind of workaround you're going to do. You know, that's a great point, Val. I hadn't thought of that. And, and you're right about what it's going to mean for legacy software. And one of the something that just struck me now when you said that is that, you know, one of the things that will happen in Windows 11 is a new Windows store, and it's not going to be closed like Apple store. And it will mm -hmm. also even allow you to, um, to download Android, supposedly, download Android software to your PC and run it on your PC. And it, it just struck me that that could be a potential nightmare for IT because what happens when all of a sudden there's all this Android software on PCs, what are the, not just security implications, what does that mean for your enterprise? What if people suddenly decide they like Android software for their primary software applications of some kind? You know, what's, what's gonna happen in, inside the enterprises where that kind of is let loose? And, you know, Android apps, I'm not sure, I guess, I guess the bigger security issue with Android apps is when they're not through an official store. So maybe that's not problematic, but, but I could see that that capability as much as consumers might like it could be problematic for the enterprise. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I think all of this is kind of um, begging the question of if there's going to be of some hiccups with rollout and um, Preston will link to your article from computer world. That's referring to the windows 11 rollout as Microsoft's most botched rollout rollout ever. So feel free to comment on that as well. But I kind of am feeling like in the short term, who's this update for who is really the target user for windows 11. If it kind of feels more just like a, a small tweak to windows 10 except with all these hardware requirements. Yeah, I mean, I think it's me for one. I do this for a living and I love technology, <laughs> you know? So I, I'm saying that only partly facetiously. I and mean, I really think initially the only people who probably will want it are people who just feel like they have to get whatever's new. They want to test the newest, they want the latest, even if it's not necessarily the greatest, they at least want the latest to test out and try. So I can, I can see that. Um, and if people, um, like I said, the, an interesting thing is teams, although it's not for businesses yet, but, but um, you know, increasingly we all, we do live in a collaborative world. You know, the pandemic proved to us just 
how even though we're separated by distance, we don't really have to be separated that much anymore. And so I can imagine that there are going to be people who just like the idea of better collaboration. And even though it's not a giant step forward, being able to easily access teams from the taskbar, it, I could see a subset of people who like that idea too. I don't know, Val, what do you think? Do you have any, any thoughts on who else might want it? I think it's it's um, at this point. I mean, just just from the way they rolled it out, the presentation they gave, it really seems like more of a consumer play than than a business play at this point. And um, I think it's it's going to be mostly people who are buying new PCs, and that's who's going to that's who's going to get Windows 11. I don't know that they necessarily needed it or were asking for it, but um, that that just really seems to be who who that marketing is is geared toward. Sure. And I wonder too, when it comes to Windows 11 and what, I mean, I, I would imagine that any devices that are shipped out later this year or maybe into 2022, it's going to come preloaded with Windows 11. It's not like you're going to be able to say, no, I don't want it if you're getting a brand new device. I, I would guess. I mean, there may still be some older uh, existing laptops that that would, would ship with it. And I, and on the consumer side, um, and, but and on for for enterprises for business purchasers, there, I would imagine that there will be Windows 10 machines for some time to come. For the exact reason that companies may not be ready to move to Windows 11 yet, so um, they're typically uh, the manufacturers make uh, laptop business laptops available with older uh, OSs for quite some time after a new one comes out. And I'm not even sure that um, all new PCs will be required with Windows 11. I think that if there's a real um, consumer backlash against this, I can see Microsoft being forced to give people the option. That actually happened with, was it eight? I can't remember which version sort of all merged together in my mind. But there was one really, really bad rollout of of machines and um, backlash against an operating system. And Microsoft was kind of forced to allow people to choose to use the old one. And they also even, it might've been Windows 8, I can't remember, but it even allowed people who, when they bought the machine with the new operating system, they also gave them the capability to roll back to an older version of the operating system. So I'm not saying that's gonna happen with Windows 11, but, but if there is a gigantic backlash against it initially, I could see Microsoft backing off a bit. I don't know that they're going to, I don't oh. know. You know, it could be a great operating system for all we know. We're, so far, we've only got press materials and some very early previews. So, you know, mm -hmm. for all we know, it'll be really good. But if not, I could even imagine Microsoft allowing even consumers an option, at least for a while, of one or the other. Sure. And you're saying that there's a precedent for that. Yeah, there is. There is a precedent for it. There was a really... Microsoft even faced suits about it because what they did is they were slow. It might have been eight. I can't remember. They were slow shipping out the operating system. And they said they were going to have it in time for the holiday season. They didn't. And it scared them like crazy because of what's going to happen now. People are going to buy. They're, they're going to put off buying computers during the holiday season because they want to wait for sure. the new operating system. The operating system's not ready. So they slap these labels saying Windows 8 or whatever it is, whichever version compatible 
so that you could upgrade to it afterwards. But then it turned out a lot of the machines couldn't upgrade to it. So I think that I was know. Vista. I, I feel like that was Windows Vista. You know, I think you're right, Val. I think it was, that's right. It was Vista. That's exactly right. So I think when, I think Microsoft is going to be very cognizant of not wanting to go over that. Even their own execs couldn't upgrade to Vista on the machines that they bought. So uh, I, they don't want to do that again. So I think we're going to have to see whether, it, in fact, it will be side by side for a while or not. We actually um, had a, a discussion about Windows 11, kind of how it relates to um, Mac OS and um, basically that, how it relates to Mac OS last week um, with Ken and Michael. And we actually got a viewer comment on that video um, saying that they're in the Windows Insider program dev channel and they've been they've been working with Windows 11 and that they like it and that it allegedly runs smoother. So I'm curious to see once Preston, you sort of get your hands on it more and like are working with it more if you have the same impression or not. That would be nice. I, I mean, I hope that is <laughs> We all know from anybody who's used Windows for a long time, it has a long checkered past when it comes to crashes, blue screens of death, that kind of thing. And it's generally <laughs> gotten, gotten dramatically better. No comparison how much better it is. But on the other hand, it's still, I mean, I bought a, a new computer a few months ago and I've already noticed the performance degradation, even though I've hardly installed software. Wow. I don't know what gremlins there are that attack Windows, <laughs> but everybody I've ever talked to has the same problems. It's kind of kind of baffling to me, but it would be great if with the Windows 11, you know, you installed it and then a year later it was still running as fast as it was when you first installed it. That would be great. That may be one advantage of not that much changing about it uh, is that without the, the dramatical, dramatic um, changes, it, there's less possibility for major things to go wrong, I would think. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's a good point. So it's maybe not the kind of thing where if you're looking to upgrade X amount of people, you don't have to, you don't have to wait and see. Well, you probably still should, but you don't necessarily <laughs> have, you don't have necessarily have to say, let other people handle this. It's an interesting point. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, as we wrap up here, where Windows 11 is going. And I know, Preston, you sort of foreshadowed the, a little bit of, about Windows 11 um, last year, probably over a year ago now. And I think credit where credit's due um, about, uh, you know, how the need for collaboration was really going to change Windows. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? And I will also link that article right now in the in the chat so anyone can check it out. Yeah, this was, it was a column about uh, will pandemic change Windows? And as I was thinking about the pandemic, I saw obviously collaboration was absolutely vital. And I thought at that point, I said that I expected Microsoft to build uh, Teams directly into Windows rather than having it as a separate download. And to a certain extent, that's what happened with Windows 11. Uh, it's gonna sit in your taskbar. You can immediately collaborate with others video, text, whatever form you want. And so I think that's starting to happen in Windows 11. It's still in the very early stages. It's not for the enterprise yet. And, um, but I really do think that this is the direction that Windows, whether it's 11, 12, whatever it is, is eventually gonna go. I really believe that it's finally sunk in that we live in a collaborative world that Windows has really been built for one person, not as a way to collaborate with others. I think Microsoft saw during the pandemic that you need to have much better collaboration. 
um, that it's no longer going to be a world where you could shout over the cubicle, you know, hi, how's it going? Check out this thing here that you need, be, you, need, you need to be able to shout in another way across the country and that collaboration tools will let you do that. And this Windows 11, I think, is the first iteration. It's a baby step at this point. But I think eventually what will happen is that Windows will be a multi-person operating system. Not that multiple people are going to use the same computer at the same time, but that it will be built so in collaboration will be built in down to the file level. So if you're looking at a file, you might be able to right click it and not just share it with somebody else, but launch it. Message show up in the machine. Do you want to collaborate? All those kinds of things. I really do expect eventually, I don't know when, that collaboration is going to be what Windows is all about. I'm intrigued too that right now the Teams integration is only for, like, it's not for businesses, right? What does that, what does that look like? You know, I think that I was surprised at first also, but, you know, I think that if you look at the history of technology, you find out that very often things that end up in the enterprise start off with consumers. That certainly was the case in the earliest PCs. That's how they, they got snuck in. People used them at home and thought these are great. And they snuck in them in businesses instead, instead of having to use these hulking mainframes or mini computers. It happened certainly again in the bring your own device movement where all of a sudden the cell phones, his tablets, all that kind of stuff. I mean, those started with individual consumers and then they kind of took over the enterprise. And so I'm kind of wondering whether Microsoft is doing the same thing with Teams. I'm kind of wondering whether they mm -hmm. want to get people used to collaborating with Teams personally at first. And then once they do that, they kind of clamor to do it at work. I mean, that's the only thing I can figure out because otherwise it doesn't make sense what they're doing. So that's, that's my guess. It's also, I, I think that's right. And I also think it's a way to test it out on an audience where it's not mission critical. So if point, if bugs happen, if, if uh, there are pain points, they can get reported by, um, by the consumers and um, they won't have these angry customer and angry business customers uh, with, with much more at stake. That's a good point. So just some um, closing thoughts here and just sort of reminders. Val, I'll go to you. Um, we just have some questions about when can I upgrade to Windows 11? Let's assume that their device meets all of the hardware requirements and how people are using it now, how people already have access to it. Okay, so... Uh... So right now, the only people who have access to it are, are members of, of Microsoft's Windows Insider program. And there are a few different levels, they call them channels of that program. So there's the dev channel, and that's sort of the most out there experimental stuff. There's the uh, beta channel, that's stuff that's a little bit closer to, to launching. And then there's the release preview channel in which you kind of only get a a preview a, a little bit before something launches, before the next uh, OS version launches. So right now, Windows 11 is only available through the, the Insider Program's dev channel, that, that most advanced one, and only if you have the right hardware to support it. So you can sign up for that, and then uh, you'll be able to test it. But I wouldn't recommend doing that as on your primary production machine. I would do that on a, on a test machine. Um, then I believe that uh, later this summer, they are going to make it available through the beta channel as well. And it, but again, it's going to require 
those, those certain hardware requirements. They may relax those requirements over time. At, at the moment, they're saying only Intel eighth generation chips can, can run it, but they're now they're testing out seventh generation. So maybe, maybe a few more people will qualify later on in the summer. Um, and then I think, uh, again, it's gonna be available um, on new PCs, they're targeting the holiday season. Um, and then uh, apparently it won't actually be rolled out through the Windows. Uh, it'll actually be available, made available through the Windows update program for general availability, but that's not gonna happen until 2022. And I don't know when that is. I would assume it would be pretty early in the year though, since if they're gonna be shipping it on new PCs, at the end of 2021, you wouldn't think they'd wait too much longer to make it available for, for Windows 10 users to upgrade to. Sure. And a follow-up question there from a viewer on YouTube. Someone asked that um, some people are installing, allegedly, some people are installing a leaked version of Windows 11, and they're basically asking, is that a good idea? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> never, never. Leaker. I mean, uh, if I was a, a malicious software creator, I would certainly, you know, put whatever malicious software I could onto a leaked version of Windows 11. There's not a doubt in the world. I'd love to do that if that's who I was. Uh, so yeah, never, never, never do it for security reasons. And even for reasons of your hardware. I mean, I, you know, why risk destroying? Who knows what happens when you put a leaked version of something on there? And what does leaked version really mean? So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, never, never do it ever, no matter what software it is, operating system or not, it's a bad thing to do. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, thank you both so much for calling in and chatting about Windows 11. I think that there's a lot of great info here. So thank you also for answering all of my questions, all of our viewers' questions. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, please do give it a thumbs up. And if you are watching on LinkedIn, you can head over to our YouTube channel, IDG Tech Talk. We posted the same video over there. We were also live over there, but over there, you can subscribe to our channel and hit the bell icon so you're notified every single time we post a new video. If you have any questions about Windows 11 that we didn't get to while we were live and you're watching this after the fact, please do leave them in the comments below on YouTube, I will get back to you. And if necessary, I will definitely ask Preston or Val for their answer to the question so we can get you the best answer possible. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.